Well, good morning, everyone. There was a pastor, not one of our pastors, but there was a pastor who was driving home late one Saturday evening from a Christmas party when all of a sudden a police officer signaled him to pull over. So the minister pulled over and the officer approached the car. He rolled down the window and greeted the officer by saying, Good evening, officer. Is there anything wrong? Can I help you? The officer said, Good evening, sir. Have you been drinking tonight? The pastor said, Oh, no, officer. You see, I'm a pastor. I don't drink. The only thing that I've had tonight is water. So the officer looked around the car and he pointed out, he says, Well, that's strange. Why would there be an empty wine bottle on the floor in the passenger seat? Shocked, the the pastor looked at it and said, Well, would you look at that? He said, The good Lord's done it again, changing my water into wine. And just on a side note, in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe in total abstinence from alcohol. Just wanted to point that out to you. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. As we enter into this Christmas season, and we are in this Christmas season... This is a wonderful reminder of how it all began. Luke chapter 1, starting from verse 26. And I know you just got seated and got comfortable, but if you are able to stand with me, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's word? Luke chapter 1, starting from verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage of scripture. And indeed, Lord, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your word. May you speak to us and may you help us to be obedient to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. In this passage of scripture, we see the story starting to take place here. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and gives her this special task that God has in store for her. The angel told her that she was going to be pregnant. Now, it wasn't that Mary was special. It wasn't that Mary was extraordinary in any way. Even though we see that the angel told her in verse 30 that you have found favor with God. It had nothing to do with the fact that Mary was better than anybody else in her day. The simple truth was that Mary was righteous in the eyes of the Lord. And God knew that he could use her to accomplish his purposes. And so the angel said, you have found favor to God. Often Mary is put on a pedestal by different groups of people. Some thinking that she is so holy and so pure and so out of reach. But the simple fact is that Mary was just as common as you and I. And there was nothing beyond that except for the fact that God saw someone who he could use to accomplish his purposes. And maybe today you are thinking in your mind, how is it that God could use someone like me? How is it that God could use someone uh, who's so limited like me? But the truth is that we are all, uh, we all fall short of God's glory. We all fall short of God's standards. We all mess up. We all fail. But the beautiful thing is that even with our shortcomings, God can still use us. Even in our shortcomings, even in our failures, even in the midst of our mess, God is still a God who is able to use us. He is still able to use us if we are willing to be used by him to do his work and to accomplish his purposes. You see, we need to come to that point of realizing that it's no longer about us, but it's all about him. That it's no longer what we want and what makes us comfortable. And if we have the latest of everything in this life, but it's, is it bringing glory to God? And Mary was at that point of saying, God, may it be just as you have said. May it happen just as you have said. Not because she was so extremely holy but because she knew that God's will needed to be done and she was willing to be used. Are you willing to be used by the Lord? Are you willing to go and to do what needs to get done? Because even with your shortcomings, even with my shortcomings, God is still able to use us. In verse 29... It goes to show us that how human Mary was. It says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this must be. In other words, when the angel appeared to Mary and gave her this task, Mary's response was, who me? Favored by God? There must be some kind of mistake here. How could it be? Why would God use me? There's nothing special about me. 
And even her and herself could not believe that God would use her. And maybe today you are feeling the same way. God could never use me to accomplish something great. And it doesn't have to be to change the whole world with just one task. But in our own ways, God gives us that opportunity and wants to use us. Are you willing to be used? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm a mess. (laughs) I've fallen short many, many times. But I'm willing to be used by you. Are you willing to say that? Because if you are, he is able to clean you up. He's able to make you new. He is able to accomplish his purposes through you. If you are willing to be used by God. And it's not because of anything we've done. But it's all because of him. Earlier in the service, we sang the song, Who am I? That the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name. You see, it's not about anything that we've done, but it's simply because of who he is. In an article in Christianity Today, a magazine, Mark Daly wrote, Before we could decide for or against God, before we could show him how religious we are, Before we could ask forgiveness from our first sin, before we were the apple of our parents' eyes, before the foundation of the world, God favored us. God favored us. And then he goes on to say, not because he knew we would blossom into greatness, not because he saw that we would become good Christians someday, not even because he knew that we were humble enough to know that we were not good enough Christians. No, we were favored when God knew well enough that we would fail to live up to our potential, that most days we would be miserable little disciples, yes, in spite of the fact that we would be sad, fearful, doubting, anxious, and sinful people, God favored us. God favored us. You see, if you are a child of God, then you are favored by God. If you are a child of God, then you are heir to his throne. Did you know that we are royalty? Did you know that we are co-heirs with Christ? Did you know that our Father is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? He is the creator and the sustainer of our universe, and he favors us. The one who holds the universe in place, the one who holds each star and knows each one by name, favors us. Even in our shortcomings, God is able to use us. Are you willing to be used by him? Mary wondered, how could this be? How is it that I could do this and accomplish this task for God? The angel tells her in verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One... To be born will be called the Son of God. What he's saying is, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will be with you. 
When we wonder how is it that we could do what God has called us to do, he tells us the Holy Spirit is with you. I have sent the Holy Spirit to be with you. And each and every one of us who has accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior has the power of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit is with us. You see, God is an intimate God. He is a personal God. He's a God who cares and wants to be right in the midst of his people. Before Jesus in the Old Testament, God revealed himself to the people with the Ark of the Covenant carrying around, representing the the presence and the symbol of God, going before the people, uh, the Israelites, by a cloud, uh, a pillar of fire and a cloud by day. In the New Testament, we see Jesus with the people, God with us in the form of Jesus Christ, dwelling among human beings. And today we wonder, where is God? He is right within you by the power of the Holy Spirit, an intimate and personal God. Despite our shortcomings, he is able to use you if you will let him by the power of his Holy Spirit. Mary knew that this was a God thing. And when we look in our Bible, there are so many people who didn't understand how God could use them. And Mary was one of them. But she knew that it was by the power of the Holy Spirit, as the angel said. We are favored by God. Are you willing to let him use you? The angel Gabriel gave Mary this very important task for her to carry out. Verse 31, he says, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus. But there was one problem with this. Mary asked in verse 34, How will this be? Since I am a virgin, how is it that this is going to happen since I am a virgin? It doesn't make sense that you could say there's a child growing within me if I haven't done the things that caused that to happen. It doesn't make any sense. And you see, there are many times in our life where God will tell us things, where God will give us promises, where God in his word will tell us that this is going to happen. And maybe in your life, just like Mary, you're thinking, it doesn't make sense. How is it that this is going to happen? How is it that this will make any sense when there's nothing around it that says it makes any sense? And you know what the wonderful thing is? Sometimes we don't understand the ways of God. We won't always understand the ways of God, but we need to trust him anyways. Even when we don't understand what God is up to, even when we don't understand how he's going to work out our situation for us, he wants us to trust him. And I know that there are many, many, many of you who are going through something right now. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to go on. You don't know how you're going to survive. You don't know what's going to happen next week, next year, next month. But remember that God is with you. The power of the Holy Spirit within you. And he wants you to trust him. Mary didn't understand how could this be, she asked. I'm a virgin. It doesn't make any sense. And you're probably asking God, how is it that 
this is going to happen? How is it that you are going to help me to find that job? How is it that I'm going to make my rent next month? How is it that my child is going to come back to you and know you? How is it that this is going to happen and that's going to happen? But God says, trust me. I've got it covered. Trust me anyways, even when it doesn't make sense. And we each need to come to that point of learning to trust God. Learning to let go and just trust him. And sometimes we have that mindset of, let me help God out. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to happen, but let me help God out by doing this to help him out. Because we don't know if we're going to get what it is that we we want. So we're just going to go get it ourselves. There was a little boy who went to his mom for Christmas and said, Mom, I want a brand new red bike. I want a brand new red bike. And so his mom said to him, she says, well, Billy, you have been a very bad boy this year. And so I don't know if Santa's going to bring you a bike. So you should probably go write a letter to Jesus <laughs> and, and tell him that you're sorry for all you've done and ask him for that bike. So Billy went off to his room and started writing his letter to Jesus. He said, Dear Jesus, this year I've been a great little boy. He stopped, crumpled up that paper, threw it away. He said, No, that's not true. <laughs> Got another piece of paper and started again. Dear Jesus, this week I've been a good boy. He stopped, crumpled up that paper and threw it away and said, no, that's not true either. Frustrated and not knowing what to write, he decided he was going to go take a walk down the street. So he took a walk down the street and there was a church down the street. He decided to go into the church and he saw displayed on a table a small nativity set. So he saw one of the figurines, he picked it up, put it in his jacket, and walked out with it. Went home, went up to his bedroom, put the figurine in his drawer, and started writing again. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mom again, (laughs) then I better get a brand new bike. Sometimes we may feel like we need to take matters into our own hands. But know that God is big enough. He is greater than we could ever imagine. And he is able to accomplish his purposes. Even when we don't understand how. But we need to trust him anyways. Trust him. Even in the midst of your situation. Learn to trust him. Even when it doesn't make sense. And in the Bible there are many people who needed to learn to trust him. When Abraham was told to go and sacrifice his only son. Who he and his wife waited years to come. He didn't understand how God was going to come through. But he trusted him. And God provided a sacrifice. When Noah was told to build an ark. To save the people. His family from from the flood that was coming. Noah had never seen rain. He didn't understand how this was going to be, but he trusted God and God spared him and his family from that flood. 
You see, when Peter was told to come and walk on water, he didn't understand how that would be humanly possible, but he trusted Jesus who called him out of the boat, and he did what no other human was ever able to do, to walk on water. When the Israelites wondered how marching around the walls of Jericho would cause them to fall, they continued to do it. They trusted God, and those walls came tumbling down. There are many times where we do not understand the ways of God, but we need to trust him anyways. What is it that's going on in your life that you need to say, God, doesn't make any sense to me, but I choose to trust you anyways. I choose to trust you despite how I feel. I choose to trust you despite what my head knowledge tells me. I choose to trust you because your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And what? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Even when we don't understand, choose to trust him. You see, you see, it's not about what we can do, but rather what God can do through us. He's so much bigger, so much greater, so much more awesome than we know. Trust him anyways. Regardless of our understanding... The Bible tells us, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. There is nothing that he is not able to do. Trust him anyways. In verse 38, Mary accepts the task and she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angels left her. May it be to me, as you have said, then the angel left her. You see, this may not come across as a big deal, but it was a big deal. The fact that Mary accepted this task was a very big deal. Why? Because when we look and we understand the context, the time and the culture that this was in, for a woman who was unmarried to be pregnant was a shameful thing. It was a shameful thing for her, for her family, for her fiancé involved, for everyone involved for her. There would have been a lot of gossip, a lot of false rumors, a lot of people talking about her. Her reputation probably was ruined. There was a lot that Mary had to put up with. There was a lot of sacrifice involved because she accepted the task that the angel gave her from God. You see, there are often times in our life where carrying out the work of the Lord involves a lot of sacrifice. Carrying out the work of the Lord often involves a lot of sacrifice that we may not realize, we may not understand. And that's my third point for today and my last point. You see, Mary was pregnant, she was unmarried, and it brought about a lot of hurt for her, a lot of unnecessary pain that she went through because she was doing it for the Lord. Oftentimes, there's a lot of sacrifice that is involved in volunteering, especially when you've been doing it for over 20 years. 
And we want to say thank you to those of you who regularly volunteer, who regularly sacrifice, who regularly carry out the work of the Lord. And we want you to know that we may not always see it. We may not always notice it. We may not always appreciate you the way that you would like to be. But know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And Mary did this. Despite our failures, even with our shortcomings, God can still use us. We may not always understand the ways of God, but we can choose to trust him. And we know that oftentimes there is a lot of sacrifice that is involved in the work of the Lord. But we can do it anyways, knowing that the Lord sees it, he blesses us, and our labor in him is not in vain. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the lessons that we can learn in this story with Mary, with her encounter with the angel. And we pray that indeed you would bless each and every one of us as your children to to come to that point of realizing, Lord, thank you for using us. Thank you, Lord, that despite our failures, you are there and you are able to use us. Even when we don't understand how it's possible for you to do things, you are able to do it. And so, Lord, help us to trust you. And, Lord, we know that there is so much sacrifice. There are so many things we may not, we may want to do but can't because of your work. But we pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to faithfully do it, knowing that you bless us and you, Lord, you see. And so, God, I pray that you would bless your people, especially this Christmas season, as we continue, Lord, to serve you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In the powerful name of your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.
We may not always understand the ways of God, but we can choose to trust him. And we know that oftentimes there is a lot of sacrifice that is involved in the work of the Lord, but we can do it anyways, knowing that the Lord sees it, he blesses us, and our labor in him is not in vain. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the lessons that we can learn in this story with Mary, with her encounter with the angel. And we pray that indeed you would bless each and every one of us as your children to to come to that point of realizing, Lord, thank you for using us. Thank you, Lord, that despite our failures, you are there and you are able to use us. Even when we don't understand how it's possible for you to do things, you are able to do it. And so, Lord, help us to trust you. And, Lord, we know that there is so much sacrifice. There are so many things we may not, we may want to do but can't because of your work. But we pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to faithfully do it, knowing that you bless us and you, Lord, you see. And so, God, I pray that you would bless your people, especially this Christmas season, as we continue, Lord, to serve you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.